Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Communication Mixed Down. The show that takes a critical look at contemporary media. And explores the way we use communication to make sense of the world around us. From social media to citizen journalism. To the logo on the front of your favourite T-shirt. It's all part of the Communication Mixdown. Each week, Thursday, 6 to 6.30. Communication Mixdown. Cranking up. Right here on 3CR. But these listener sponsors who keep the radio station going, when you become a listener sponsor, you get a part of this radio station. You get a little part of it. It's yours. You get a little share of it. It's 3CR Subscriber Drive, and we're asking you to show your love for 3CR. Support your favourite show by calling us on 9419 8377 or online 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. $35 unwaged, $70 waged, or 150 solidarity. Subscribe to 3CR today. People lining up uh, out in the street, uh, out in Smith Street in Collingwood, lining up to take out their list of sponsorship. And uh, good evening. Welcome to Communication Mixdown. I'm John Langer. And uh, this week we dive into the massive and some say murky but profitable world of social media and young people, how they use it and how it uses them. And I wanted to start by, I guess, offering a personal anecdote. So the other night, I was it was a rather unusual evening for me, an unusual move. I went to the theater, and it was actually musical theater. To be exact, I went to the Arts Center, and I went to see Calamity Jane, if you really want to know, and at vast expense, I might add. And uh, as I was waiting to go in, people, mostly young women, were standing in front of some very large size, life-size posters for various events, and uh, they were getting their photos taken. And they were mimicking what was going on in the photos, the people in the photographs. And I asked myself, well, what's going on here, I was asking myself. Well, maybe our first guest on Communication Mixed Out might help answer that question. She's Jasmine Farduli, and she's a research member at the Center of Emotional Health at Macquarie University, and she's been doing some work on personal and cultural patterns involved when young women use social media. Good evening, Jasmine. Hi, how are you going? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, there was a bit of a little bit of a glitch at the beginning, but listen, everything's fine at the moment. So let's get to my question. And I, there I am at the uh, at the art center, and there are these young women taking getting photographs of themselves in front of these posters. Maybe this is a good way to start getting into some of your research work. 
What do you think is going on and what's going to happen with those photos that are taken in front of those posters? And why is it important to think about all of this in relation to young women in particular? Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of uh, young people uh, take pictures of themselves. And with um, the popularity of social media and the ease at which you can post pictures, um, it's become quite a central part of the lives of a lot of young people. Um, and, you know, we know that um, images on social media um, are often very um, glamorous and a bit idealised to some extent. So um, if you saw the young people taking pictures, they may have taken about 50 pictures or 20 pictures and just posted the most you know, attractive one um, on social media. Um, and so that's kind of the environment that young people are growing up in now, which is very much a image-focused um, environment. Now, you re- your research that you've been doing, you, it's been called, or you call it appearance comparisons, which is a really nice way of putting it. And you usually think about these things, particularly in relation to social media, but you, we usually think about these things in terms of comparing ourselves with celebrities on social media. And you've, you've discussed a little bit of this in relation to the Kardashians as a prime example. But when you were doing your research, you found... Uh, when I was reading about it, you found something interesting and a bit different. Tell us about your research. Yeah, so um, people make comparisons all the time in their everyday life. It's kind of how we know where we fit. So, you know, if we want to figure out how fast a runner we are, then we compare ourselves to other people and see how fast we are compared to everyone else. So that people really just do have this innate kind of tendency to make, to make comparisons. But when it comes to appearance comparisons, um, it can be quite harmful because there is a, you know, appearance ideals out there and not that many people match the appearance ideals. It's very muscular for men, very thin and toned for women. Um, and social media, because there are so many pictures, gives people a lot of opportunities to make those types of comparisons. Um, and we know that comparisons to celebrities um, can make women feel bad about their bodies. But in our research, we also wanted to look at comparisons to peers and people that you know. Mm. And we also found that comparisons to peers, um, especially peers that you don't know very well, so more acquaintances, um, those comparisons are particularly linked to um, body image concerns and negative mood. Now, tell us a little bit more about your research. Let's drill down a little bit. How did you do the research, and uh, how how was it conducted, and, and, and what did you find out? Yeah, so I've done quite a few studies on this topic. It's um, what I'm most interested in, so I try and um, analyze it from lots of different ways. Um, sometimes in the studies we've come in, we've got uh, women to come into the lab and browse social media for 10 minutes or we got them to browse just like a appearance-neutral homeware website and we've looked at the impact that has on their body. Um, other methodologies we've used is um, where we've got people to answer questionnaires on their phones um, at five random times every day over a week. Um, so we're asking them what they've been doing since they've um, since the previous questionnaire. So we're really looking at their experiences in their everyday life and asking who they're comparing to, how mm. they feel about their body and their mood and things like that. Um, so we kind of try and uh, address this question by looking at it from lots of different ways because every way that you analyse this has different limitations. Mm. Um, but pretty consistently across all the studies, we find that comparisons are really important. Um, and then I think that's partly the key to why social media might be harmful for body image. Because if you think about it, when you sign up for social media, there's not really anything there. It's kind of a blank page. There might be some ads, 
but then you choose who you follow, you choose what you post, um, and it's the content that you view and what you post that could have an impact on your body image rather than just social media. Um, and so I think it's the, the opportunities that we have to compare ourselves on social media um, that could make it particularly harmful. The, the uh, little part of the research that I was reading about was you, you did some work with uh, university students and uh, you got them, as you said, you, you got them to, to um, eval- I guess, evaluate their comparisons over a period of five times a day, was it? And, um, yeah. Y- yeah, and uh, you found some very interesting things and, and about mood alteration and, and in relation to these comparisons. Tell, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so in, in that study, we also looked at um, different mediums that people compare through. So we looked at whether they compared themselves to a magazine or television or in person, just walking past people. Um, so we're interested in looking at lots of different contexts. And we found that comparisons made through social media were um, the most common in regards to media. So most comparisons were made in everyday life, but in regards to like television and magazines, comparisons through social media were more common. Mm. And most of the time, people thought that other people looked more attractive than them on social media, which is kind of consistent with the you know, idea that people generally post the best images of them online. So people are more likely to think that other people look more attractive than them when they're not really seeing realistic images of everybody. Um, and what we found was that comparisons through social media uh, were associated with the worst mood. So a worse mood than comparison to a celebrity in a magazine or walking mm. past someone mm. in person. Um, and I think the effects for mood are, are, are particularly consistent. So for body image, some research finds that social media use might not always be linked with body image concerns, but um, mood is pr- pretty consistently mm. you find an effect for mood. And I think that could also be because, I mean, social media is often you know, ex- explained as a highlight reel. So I, I'm very interested in the kind of appearance focus of social media, but really when you're scrolling through social media, you have opportunities to compare on any aspect of your life. Um, and I think it might be that when whatever's important to that person at that time, if they're wanting to have a baby, if they're wanting to be in a relationship, mm-hmm. then those types of posts that are showing the things that they want are going to be really salient in your mind. And that's, it could be that's what's linking to the negative mood um, that, that people are comparing on so many different aspects. Mm. Mm, that's very interesting. And what, you're talking about mood. It's, it's sort of like, uh, I guess, I guess um, feeling pretty gloomy about yourself. I guess that would be the way, way to describe it. Look, that's a very, very pedestrian way of describing it. But if you're making yeah. those kinds of comparisons. And the other thing you were saying uh, in your writing is that those kinds of moods end up, in a sense, creating behavioral issues, for example, overeating or undereating and and doing other kinds of things as well. Yes. So in um, the study that you spoke about where we looked at uh, the comparisons people make in their daily lives, we also asked about whether they had um, dieted to lose weight or, or exercised kind of excessively to lose weight as well in their everyday lives. And we did find a link um, with that So comparisons on social media uh, were associated with more um, kind of lost activity. Um, And, you know, in my research, I often describe that as kind of maybe being harmful. And some people don't like that because they say, isn't diet and exercise good? Mm. And it is good. 
Um, but the girls in the study were not overweight. They were yes. you know, of average weight. Um, they didn't need to be excessively dieting um, yes. to lose weight at all. Yes. So um, it, it's, it's not necessary. We don't think it's getting at a health kind of uh, lifestyle change, mm. but more maybe damaging kind of um, weight loss activities. All of this is very interesting. And the other thing that I, I noted when, when I was reading about your work is that you do, and you have mentioned that you, you do present a number of qualifiers. One of the things that, that I noticed in the thing that I was reading was that the, the sample, if you like, of, of, the, of the women that you're using were all university students. Do you, do you think other th- they, that, that uh, there would be differences, say, for example, if different kinds of groups were being investigated using different social media platforms, for example, or the length of time people spend on social media? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, And that is certainly a limitation of um, some of the studies that I've done in the past. And most of my research that I'm currently conducting is on teenagers and and children and boys and people of different ethnicities because um, we certainly need to see whether these findings actually do... um, are liable or actually are the same amongst these mm. different groups. Mm. Um, but most of the research finds that the results are pretty consistent. So if you look at teenagers, the same links are there. The same links are often found among boys. Um, sometimes you find that you know boys don't use social media as much and they're not sometimes not as concerned about their body, but there's still the same links that you find for girls. So, um, and a student that I'm working with at the moment is looking, wanting to look at social media and beauty ideals and body image um, in countries all over the world. So in India, in China, in Iran. Um, so we're certainly wanting to move this research into different groups um, because I think that's, a re- that's really important that we do that. That's really in, important, I think, as well. And uh, look, I, I'm I'm very pleased that you're saying all this. And I, I'd like to catch up with you a bit later on and talk to you about some of those cross-cultural comparisons, because I think it's absolutely critical that those things are happening. And the other thing that, that you did ma- actually just mention, and, and something that I, I noted down was, would the same things be going on with men? And you said men may, may use social media sli- slightly less, but Look, this is a hunch, a hunch that I've got, but I suspect yeah. men are, are susceptible to these things as well. Yes, I would completely agree. And I think the research would suggest that as well because more and more research is being done in, in men and women and usually you find the same effects. So, yeah, I think a lot of the body image research is focused on women and I think that's because um, body image is often linked in with eating disorders and eating disorders are, are, are often... Um, prevalent among women, but that doesn't mean that men and boys aren't concerned about their body and don't display kind of harmful um, behaviours that are linked to body image, it's just different behaviours than, than women. So the researchers are certainly becoming more conscious of that and, and trying to include men as well. We're, we're just about out of time. There's so many more things I could have asked you and, and I would have liked to, but we will, I sure. hope, catch up uh, sometime in the future. So I'd like to that thank would be you. Great. Yeah, thank you so much for being on Communication Mixed Down today. No problem. Thank you for inviting me. Speaking there with Jasmine Farduli, and she's from the Center of Emotional Health at Macquarie University. And the details of Jasmine's research work will be posted on the 3CR Communication Mixed Down website very shortly. Why do you reckon people should subscribe to 3CR? 
because I think we have more awesome music shows than anywhere else. And they're niche and they're interesting and they're adventurous. Basically, the perfect companion in your car on your road trip. If you're on digital, mm. no tram interference. Mm. But if you're streaming, there's no tram interference. No. That's true. But if you like tram, interference is always the AM. The AM, old school. <laughs> oh, who like, you know, some people like the crackle on vinyl. Well, yeah, some, some people like noise music. Experimental mm-hmm, noise music. To subscribe to 3CR, unwaged is $35. Yes. yes. Waged? 75 And solidarity? One fifty. One fifty. That's pretty reasonable to help keep 3CR on air. Call 3CR 94198377 and subscribe. Subscribe today. Subscribe now. I'm Jeffrey. I'm Alphonse. I'm Erwin. And we, we are, are from, from the Voice of West Papua. The Voice of West Papua now has a one-hour show. We have moved from Monday 6.30 to Tuesday 6.30 until 7.30 p.m. Yes, more news and music from West Papua. Join the Palm Sunday Walk for Justice and add your voice to the call for change to refugee policy. Demand Australia's political leaders to abandon the current harsh and unjust policies and provide permanent protection for refugees. Stand with people from all over Melbourne. Demand the evacuation of Manus and Nauru and end the cruelty. Meet at the State Library of Victoria on the 25th of March at 1.30pm. Palm Sunday Walk for Justice is a 3CR supporter. This week on Communication Mixdown, we're discussing the intricate and multi-layered connections between young people and social media. Let's give it. Let's bring it down a notch in terms of age and in terms of intent and method. Teresa Davis is from Sydney University and is a specialist with a focus on consumer behavior and social marketing, especially as these relate to children. And recently, she's been turning her attention to the way that junk food brands cuddle up to kids online. Hello, Teresa. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Now, let me quote you back to yourself because I thought this was a really nice way of uh, putting things if a stranger offered a child free lollies in return for a pic- for their picture, the parent would justifiably be angry. When this occurs on Facebook, they may not even realize it's happening. Could you un- unpack that for us a little bit? Uh, most food, and I speak particularly of um, unhealthy foods online, these, these brands tend to sort of communicate with young people quite easily and directly without any intervention from parents because most children have a smartphone and most of them are hooked up on social media. So all you need to do is set up a Facebook page um, 
and invite people to connect with you in different ways and then ask them to post a picture of themselves with the product to be eligible to go into a competition or to get some freebies online. So it becomes very simple for anybody, really, um, to have access to children who might want to post a picture of themselves holding a favorite brand online, uh, be seen at a particular event where there's a lot of um, brand-themed um, uh, paraphernalia. So it's, it's, it's very easy to get um, children to communicate in that way. So now you're really... Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, your research has been looking at what you called high-fat sugar-salt food brands and uh, how they approached kids online. And um, can we name some names? If Is it possible? Is it, are we allowed to do that? Because I wanted to ask you what you found. And uh, very briefly, um, let's start with a couple of uh, things that you found online. Some I, I, I would call them methodologies that the advertisers use. One was you called the prize, and the other one was like the humanized character. Tell us about those. That's correct. It's very common. I mean, we we talk in the past of uh, television cartoon characters being attractive to children. Now, when we think about online uh, digital media, we're talking about an interactiveness that is very different uh, from traditional media. So we have um, we have a Facebook page which has an animated. Um, character who is almost human who can speak to you. So you, there is a two-way communication happening here between the brand and the child. So you have a funny character who represents a well-known lolly brand, for instance, and is communicating with the child and saying, you know, uh, saying all sorts of things like, um, "Tell me what your favorite flavor is, and what do you think the next flavor of this lollipop should right. be." Right. Um, and that sort of thing. So mm, mm, mm. We, we're talking about mm. over a period of time, yep. this person brand is mm. communicating quite directly as if it were a friend with young people. Yes. I know that most young children know they're not, there's not a real person mm, there, mm. but it still, it still means there's a developing relationship yes. between this character and the young consumer. And this, changes the way they view the brand. So associations around the brand, around consumption of that particular brand, become very different. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was very intriguing with your research and, and very much part of the, the digital media landscape was what you called the adver game. Tell us about that, and yeah. that, particularly as they, as they can be uh, obtained through social media apps. Yes, absolutely. Um, increasingly, we're finding advergames most people are familiar with. They must have seen it on, if you go to a particular brand's website, there's a little uh, brand-themed game you can play, and that's very popular, very simple. But you know very much that this is a game developed by the brand. But you increasingly find free apps online that you can download and play on your phone. And they include, I mean, the game is usually a very simplistic game and is meant for you to sort of, win a lot, essentially. But what it does do is it keeps mentioning the brand directly or in an implied way. For instance, it'll show you the bottle of a soft drink uh, with a very particular col- with very particular colors, so you know which brand it is. Or it will, um, it will show a lollipop without its, uh, without its branding, but you know which mm, brand it is. Mm, mm. So there's a lot of implied uh, use of colors and symbols 
to indicate the brand, the particular brand we're talking about. And the important thing to remember is that in these games, this brand is then put in front of the child's face something like 200 times within one minute of play. So this is the kind of exposure you would not get in traditional advertisements. You would my, not get that in a television Teresa, my, my eyeballs are going around in circles mm-hmm. <laughs> as you're Indeed, telling me this. Yeah. Uh, and most people are unaware of this. And this is really um, because you have a child playing this game and it looks inane, it looks mm. harmless. So you really don't think about this. Mm-hmm. The the other one that you uh, mentioned very briefly is the, what you call the social enabler methodology. Very briefly, tell mm-hmm. us what, what, what you mean by that. Because Facebook is a, has a multiplier effect, you, if you have one person signing up, up and subscribing to a particular brand or saying just liking a brand online and sharing it, sharing it on their wall, then what happens is all their friends, it appears in all their friends, pages as well. So you have this multiplier effect where you quickly reach friends of, you you track one child and that child's friends and Mm -hmm. that child's friend's friends. So you have, and that helps the child connect to other people. So liking a favorite chocolate brand and tagging your friends with their favorite flavor Mm. uh, becomes a way of connecting with them. Yes, yes. So it's a nice, fun way of making friends online, mm. um, doing something nice for your friends, and uh, as far as the brand is concerned, giving them a lot of information about this young consumer as well as their friends and their friends' friends. I like the way you describe this. You call it the brand ecosystem around the child online. I thought I thought that was a really nice way of putting this. Teresa, I'm I'm really sorry that we're going to have to uh, leave it at that that point, but because there are lots of other things that I wanted to ask you about, but unfortunately we're running out of time. And um, sure. I want to wish you all the best with your research. And I, I'd like to get back to you at, at some point, and we could talk a bit more about this stuff as well. Absolutely, I'd be very happy to. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks for being on Communication Mixdown. And talking there with Teresa Davis, and she's from the University of Sydney. She's a research specialist in consumer behavior and social marketing, specifically as it relates to children. Well, we are out of time. What a what a fast what a what a way the show moves right along, doesn't it? And uh, we're just about out of time. So that's it for communication this week. I want to thank our guests. Jasmine Farduli and Teresa Davis, and uh, all the details of what we've been talking about on Communication Mixdown will be on our website with our guests' uh, input as well. And we'll be back next week.